Evie, do you take any supplements or vitamins? No, I don't. Why do you? Yeah, I've just started taking a daily digestive supplement by Biomed, which contains an expert blend of friendly spore-forming bacteria and the digestive nutrients turmeric and ginger to help relieve abdominal pain associated with IBS, which I have. Not sure if I mentioned that before. I think you have. (laughs) When looking for the best friendly bacteria supplement, I discovered you want one that's guaranteed to reach the gut alive and spores in Biomed's live culture supplement are naturally designed to survive digestion. It's this key feature which allows the strain to withstand extreme environments such as high levels of acid in the stomach and to survive easily through digestion. It's also vegan, certified by the Vegan Society, making it an easy, sugar-free vegan alternative to yogurts if you're team herbivore. So check it out for yourself at biomedsupplements.com. I think I will. Yeah, you best had, as we can offer our listeners a free one-month trial of the main digestive supplement support. Just head to the website, biomedsupplements.com, select the 30-day supply of Biomed's live cultures and enter the code Poodcast in capital letters at the checkout. Head to the website now to try. Our world is dying, politicians are lying, and just when you feel like crying, sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves. Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie, and we are the hosts of The Poodcast, a podcast where we basically tell stories about people pooing themselves. The Poodcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions, such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence, and plenty more. We want to break the stigma surrounding these conditions and get people talking about toilets. We have historically found these topics especially difficult to talk about, whether it be an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every day. So we think it's time to change that. This week, our focus will be on bloating in style. You bloat in style, don't you, Claudia? Bloating in style. I love to bloat in style. I actually was just telling Evie earlier, I'm wearing this jumpsuit that is the opposite of bloating in style. I just don't want to let it go. But I got it when I was like 19 and like nearly 10 years later, funnily enough, I don't fit into it. But I I haven't really accepted that. And now it's quite tight. Reminds me a little bit of when I was a child and I had uh, like a christening dress, you know, those little white ones. And I think I was, it was like obviously for a baby. And when I was like eight, I was like, I need to put this on. And it just didn't fit. And I cried. It's like, what? (laughs) What was that about? (laughs) But there is something about your body changing and you you haven't told it to. And you have to give it permission to say that it's okay. And I feel like most of the time I'm okay with that. But when you've got items of clothes that you love, that you know that you cannot get again, because I got this in like a charity shop, and now I'm buggered. Well, you've got it on. I've squeezed into it. I have got it on, but it is not a bloating in style outfit. If I start to bloat in this... Well, it's just good. I mean, I actually have already. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. What have you done? I have already once sewn up the stomach area because it's popped up. That's good. That's you. When I said that I'd fix something, you said it was very good make doing mend attitude. I know, but you're good at this shit. It looks awful. Can you show me, please? I don't know if you can see it. Can you see where it like, oh, I don't think you can see it, but it doesn't, it's not consistent. Is it's it, is not it, great. Is it knitted? What, what's the vibe there? It's a kind of, yes. It's Well, it's it's cottony, but it looks kind of knitted. It's, it's supposed Enough. to be kind of, you know, sexy grandma vibes, which is my favourite thing to dress as. But it did burst open while I was <laughs> mid-rehearsal. Um, thoroughly embarrassing. That's all right. So how, in general, um, are your bum and tum? 
Mum and Tom have been okay. When I was thinking about this question this week, mm-hmm. the most the thing that came to mind was something that I saw on Instagram this week. I can't remember who posted it, but somebody said, you've got two stomachs. Ooh. One, you know, for your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, and another stomach for your snacks. Yeah, of course. So at school last week, we had a Halloween party for the kids, obviously, but... You know, I was there. Yeah. And you had a good time, that's fine. Oh, Evie, the array of snacks on the table. And what I stood we're talking? there like we're talking what's it? We're yeah. talking skips. We're yeah. talking Harry Bow. We're yeah. talking Mawams. Yeah. Mawams. M A O A M Mawam. Delicious. Deli- Although they make beautiful. my cheeks pulse because you know when something's quite sour and you're like, oh it's so You gotta sour. earn them. You gotta earn your Mawam. And they were all just out on this table. And I and the thing is as well, some of our children are practicing to speak. They're learning, you know, they have all these these sentence structures they can practice how to speak. So I really should just take a step back and let them practice saying, I want Mawam. Yeah. So I decided But you wanted Mawam, so Yeah, so I decided I would display. <laughs> I would model for the children I want Mawam. So I got a little <laughs> So I got a little um Halloween bucket. Oh, and went yes. up to the teacher, you know, want... my boss, <laughs> and said, "Oh, I want Mawam." And she was like, "Oh, I see what you're doing. You're trying to teach the kids." No, no, Deborah, I want Mawam. <laughs> I want the Mawam. So she puts a little Mawam in my thing. And another thing we're trying to teach him is to ask for quantity. So you get a little sticker of you know two, three, four. So I decided I would go for this. I want seven quavers. And she's like, very good, Claudia, thinking that we're doing this thing for the children. By the end of it, my little basket is overflowing. And I'm just in the corner like, oh, good job, kids. You're doing so well. Blah, blah, blah. Like my, my, my face is stuck together from the lemon mawams. And funnily enough, I didn't want dinner that evening. I felt yeah, of course. sick. <laughs> I felt so unwell. But what is it about that you're, if that was dinner food, I probably would have stopped halfway through and thought, yeah, I'm full. Snack food, but, I will go until I want to die. Yeah, but Claudia, when, when you're helping the kids, you know, you've just got to have the snacks. <laughs> and it's all for the kids. You've got to help When's them. When's my Nobel Prize coming? Claudia's <laughs> <laughs> little trail of wrappers following her out the door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about my gluttonous life. How's your bum? How's your tum? No, I, I've enjoyed your gluttonous life. Um, well, I've, I've got, I've got, we've only got, really got time for one topic, so I'll give you three. <laughs> I'll give you three options of what you want. Great. So I've had three problems this week. So first one, blue hair. Second, <laughs> second one, shit myself in a wood. Third problem, totally addicted to lunch. Totally addicted to lunch. <laughs> yeah. Now what am? <laughs> well, I mean, I think anyone would scream at me if I didn't go for option B. You shat yourself. What happened? Well, I didn't shit myself, but I sort of, sh- I had to shit in a wood. Um, Please continue. It, there was no other option. The floor is yours. Basically, I was looking after a child and I'd actually been a little bit constipated and I thought, I know, first thing in the morning, I was very tired. I was like, I'll have a coffee. I'll, and then it, that'll buy me about 30 minutes from the, to, from the coffee to get the child. It's about a 10 minute walk. I will be with the kid and we'll be very near these very nice public toilets in nearby. They're really great, really clean. They're my sort of go-to. Um, and the half an hour passed after the coffee and there was no show from the poo. And I thought, I can't really go too far away because I need to be 
close to this toilet um, but just nothing was coming and it was an hour and I was like right fine we'll go to the park and the park is quite a walk away and there were no public toilets nearby and it was it was almost like my rectum knew because when we get to the park I put him in the swing it's been 10 seconds and I I was like right well unless I shit now um we're gonna have to go and buy new trousers this why is- do I have this like image of you know ding dong Avon calling and it's your <laughs> rectum like hello my turn hi it's your colon calling you need to pee yourself um so yeah it was just terrible there was no toilet nearby it was a very busy park lots of people around and I was like right we've got to get back to the original public toilets I was at not 15 minutes ago when there was no sign um so I, the, and the poor kid was so confused because he'd only been in the swing 10 seconds I was already like pulling him back out again putting him in the pram like trying to get back and he was crying the whole time because obviously he was like we've just fucking got to the park babe and now I can't go on the swing what are you talking about so I'm pushing him like trying to walk really fast but I mean I'm sure you can relate to this the quicker you go you're encouraging your bowels to move um so so we're only little we can't go that fast Jesus oh no you know it's seven steps for every one of you you know the average human being steps so I'm like powering along and I'm just it's mad what it will do to you when you're desperate for a poo it the thoughts that go through your mind you're like well I could just go in here if I just there's a blanket they had a little muslin in the in there in his pram for nap time I was like well I just go underneath that and then you know when you look back in retrospect and you're like what the fuck are you doing it's if a grown woman is going to be hid from like a 12 centimeter muslin like it's no, not never judge yourself for the actions you might take oh, when I, you think you might poo your pants. Yeah, never. but I, d- I did think, like, come on, do I think it's an invisibility cloak or something. Like, people, it's just going to be, like, basically a hat and me just pooing myself. Then there was a, a perfect spot, but a man just stood next to it on his phone, not going in either direction, just standing there. And I was like, he's going to have to get a move on because I've just seen the, the perfect spot of this quite dense foliage. And I thought, yeah, I can go in there. He then fortunately does go and I push the kid in the pram, turn him away so he's not facing me but not out the pram so he can't escape and I get right in the woods as deep as I can fortunately had baby wipes with me because he's you know he's only one and um I just literally trousers down shit in the woods got the baby wipe didn't even look back and I just went on my way I barely broke stride um, that's impressive so I did it's so impressive so I did shit myself in the woods and I did text you saying I felt a bit grim and it was a few hours until I could have a shower but do you know what it did make me think it's not the best option, but it's an option. But also rephrase that as well. You know, as you corrected me earlier, you did not shit yourself in the woods. No, you yes. You just went to the toilet in the woods. Yeah, and I actually you, sold, I sold it as, as shitting myself in the woods, but I didn't do that. I just pooed, you know, in nature as we once would have done. So sounds sounds lovely, like a walk in the park. I do just feel I'm, that if somebody had spotted me, that might have been considered indecent exposure in front of a minor I think and you maybe... would have lost your job <laughs> it's a different problem <laughs> so for anyone looking to lose their job all you got to do is just grab a nearby child and shit in front of them and you will probably lose your job it's a straight way to get out of there <laughs> we'll do it again no regret permission to discuss condition so this week our topic is bloating in style and we are so pleased to have Lottie Drynan join us. Did I just say your surname right as well, babe? I didn't check that. You did, yeah. Like a dry nan. She's a dry nan. <laughs> 
she's dry now. Well, that's my, what's my post, um, my what's his name? Like a postman actually said that to me the other day. He said, "Can I just check that it is like like a dry nan, like a nan that's dry?" I was like, "No <laughs> one has ever said that to me." But yes, correct. I was gonna, I was gonna re-record it, but that has to stay in. So I'm just gonna, oh, I'm just gonna keep going. Um, so, <laughs> so Lottie started off as a blogger and an Instagrammer with her account, The Tummy Diaries, sharing her experience and perspective on life with IBS, including her very popular My Bloated Wardrobe. And Lottie, being very open about her journey with anxiety, became increasingly interested in the gut-brain connection. From this, she launched her latest project and business venture, You've Got This, a platform for the IBS community, as well as the online retailer for My Tummy Diary, a gut health diary designed to help women improve their gut health through looking at lifestyle. Lottie now has a whopping 106,000 followers on Instagram and sells her diaries. (laughs) That's the bit bit I made up. (laughs) She sells her diaries all over the world, and we are just so thrilled to have her. Welcome, Lottie. How's your bum? How's your tum? Thank you. So I was going to be really boring because my bum and my tum has have actually been great. They've been great. really well behaved. But um, Evie has actually inspired me to remember a story that happened last Friday, which I haven't told anyone except my girls group. Um, And even my husband is mortified. But I feel like this is a safe place. This Um, is the platform for that. We're your girl group now. You're not getting out of it. (laughs) So um, last Friday, I actually, it was my last day in my corporate job. So we went out for a meal and we had a few wines, a few cocktails, um, and the cleaner was there whilst cleaner was at home, whilst Ross was there, all good, came back to a sparkling clean home. On Saturday, I woke up a little bit jaded, um, but all, all fine. And But I totally forgot that Ross had actually said to me in the morning, oh, the cleaner's left a Brillo pad. She's dropped it down the toilet, so don't use it. So this is in my sort of sleepy state. And um, anyway, fine minding my own business, sort of sloughed down at midday on Saturday morning. And I heard, Lot, fuck's sake. And I was like, what? And Ross came down and went, you've just shat on the Brillo pad. (laughs) What? He was like, you've shat on the Brillo pad and you tried to flush it. And now we've got this like pooey, wiry monster taking up the toilet and I was like oh my god this is really not I can't deal with this right now and and Ross isn't I've actually I've I've sort of really got him into poo lately I feel like he's really (laughs) blossomed this year and he's now will talk about poo whereas before the mention of it he would just like feel sick and be ashamed but now he's really starting to come into himself with it um I hope none of his colleagues listen to this this podcast (laughs) Um, or him. Um, (laughs) He actually did kindly offer to to sort it out. But I thought, you know what, that is a step too far. I can't let him do that. So I managed to find in the um, cutlery drawer, like sort of underneath that shelf, that bit that's got all the bits in and stuff like that. There was like a wrapped up, it might have been like a McDonald's or a spud you like or something, sort of plastic knife and fork from I don't know, God knows when. So I actually had to go in. I had a Tesco's bag on each hand in sort of inside out and then my plastic knife and fork. <laughs> and I, oh my God, do you know what? I've never actually used a Brillo pad, but bloody hell, those things are massive. And I had to fork out my poo 
and the Brillo pads and put it into the Tesco's bag and tie it up and then walk back through the living room still feeling a bit fragile with my bag of poo which Ross then actually forgot to put out in the in the bins the first week so the bag of poo human shit was in the in the garden for a week and a half um and it was like you know like you you do do your best poos after a few wines don't you oh god yeah on a hangover the mere smell oh yeah just make you feel so sick Mm. I feel I don't know who I feel more sorry for you Ross or the Brillo pad I think the Brillo pad got the worst the worst end of it yeah so you have IBS tell us a little bit about your diagnosis yeah um I think pretty much the same as most people that have got IBS it was sort of a long diagnosis it took about eight years to actually be diagnosed um, and sort of rule everything else out I had quite I guess severe symptoms I was in a lot of pain I was always feeling sick um, which I look back at it now actually I think a lot of it was also sort of the the mental side the mental side the psychological side of things um but they did a lot of ruling out different things and they'd thrown IBS the word IBS around me quite a bit um at that time that I didn't even know what it was so irritable bowel syndrome to me sounded sort of oh I don't want that that's so unglamorous so it was something that I sort of almost rejected and also they didn't really officially diagnose me it's just oh you could have IBS but let's look into this so yeah it took about eight years till they said no it is IBS we've ruled out other things their diagnosis was literally that you've got IBS and they wrote uh, the GP wrote on a piece of paper low FODMAP diet and sent me on my way and that was it with sort of no information on how to manage it what it even was um and I was just told to follow this diet which I then proceeded to google and saw a massive list of like my favorite foods that I I couldn't eat um and I thought I would never be able to eat again I mean there really was even in the past sort of three four years the information that's now available online is incredible compared to what there was um back then so it was a it was a horrible diagnosis I mean I was glad that it was nothing more sinister but it was sort of I was given very little guidance and sort of sent off on my way um, to try and figure it out which I did pretty badly at first. And how, what did you look to to figure it out? Did you did you go to any kind of dietitians, any gastro people? Like how, how did you get on that journey of figuring it out for yourself? So I'd been to gastro specialists before no one ever referred me to a dietitian. I didn't know what I didn't really know anything about that I never I'd always up until sort of the age of about 18 19 I would eat whatever I wanted I mean I worked at Pizza Express and TDIs and I'd get a free pizza four tubs of garlic butter per pizza it was beautiful I used to sit on the bus stop waiting for my boyfriend at the time to pick me up and he used to be like you stink when I got in there but it was the <laughs> best moments like yeah yeah I do um, but <laughs> and TGIs I mean I used to be known for like being able to demolish do you know like those timeshare big Times Square big shares whatever whatever they're called they were like amazing so I could eat whatever I wanted and never suffered with anything um so I didn't even really know what a dietitian did what their role was um so it was just a case of googling I remember there's a lady called um Kate Scarlatta who I found and she um I think she's a dietitian I haven't looked her page for a while actually but she really sort of helped me I looked into that and learned about the low FODMAP diet but it was I just followed it with no guidance which I don't know if you girls have been on it before but it's it's yeah yeah it's it's very yeah it's very complicated it's also I mean it's like a bit of a mind game as well trying to trying to figure out and restrict yourself from so much so without having someone to help you so I did it sort of I attempted it probably three or four times and would then almost find myself binging on the high FODMAP foods because oh yeah yeah 
it was it was disastrous and obviously not very good for my gut the way I the way I did it so it was all just sort of learning online and then over the years they sort of it got a bit too much of right I can't continue like this I'm feeling I'm feeling rubbish I'm restricting myself I've become got fearful of foods I feared so many foods I cut out everything wasn't uh, reintroducing and then just over time I started to sort of take ownership of it myself and then started talking to dietitians started doing research and also sort of my my awakening moment of discovering the gut brain axis and realizing that actually it might not always be food and it might not just be food um and sort of then sort of went down a more still diet but more holistic um approach and that's when I started really seeing sort of some benefits and so what have those benefits been what what this holistic approach what has that has that been so sort of understanding that well basically um IBS as you'll know is sort of a miscommunication between the gut and the brain so I always think of it as our gut and our brain are always talking to each other both ways and when you've got IBS I feel like they're they've fallen out so they're just they're <laughs> not having it they're not working for you they're just having rounds all the time and you need to try extra hard to get them to work together I almost think of it as like kids and you're like really like like you want the same thing like literally think of them like gut and brain what are you playing at you want the same thing you both want me to be happy so stop like fucking about like let's all get on um <laughs> so you just have to like actually have so learning how to rel- relax that gut brain access so um meditation which I genuinely used to roll my eyes at and because I'm the sort of person that can't sit still for five minutes um but that has really really changed my life um journaling as well so when I start I actually started um therapy for my mental health but starting to write down how I felt and then I was keeping a separate food diary I actually realized a food and symptom diary I realized there's correlation so I then started writing sort of in a blank journal all the different things that connect so listen to these podcasts and hearing um these doctors talk about how actually it's, it's sleep that's a massive can be a massive thing if I'm not getting enough sleep then I could wake up so bloated it's stress if so yeah it could be the tiny bit of onion you ate or it could be you just had a massive row with your boyfriend um like it, it could be so just starting to sort of see my lifestyle as a bigger picture and how all of those things interconnected and made made a difference I mean I started therapy recently and I think it's one of the best things I've ever done especially if if you're like me quite an anxious person I find that I wind myself up into these states and then wonder why my body is like okay cool I'll come join this as well like we're all partying together yeah. in this horrible <laughs> little grief thing this little stress ball and actually writing these things down or talking through these things with somebody helps you not only understand um you know why you feel this way but why you get to that point in the first place and so finding some tools that can help you prevent stressing yourself out or or huge moments of anxiety is, is gonna help your guts massively Definitely. I mean I sometimes say like how I used to think myself bloated so I remember when I was younger, I'd be maybe going out with the girls to a bar or something. I'd think, oh, this is when those awful body dresses were in fashion. I oh think, God, oh, do you yeah. remember those? The, the top, the oh. top shop. Oh, my God. Up. That's it. Yeah. And I used to think, right, I've got to fit into this body dress later and not be asked if I'm pregnant. So I would get myself into a fluster because I'd start thinking about being bloated. And then obviously that would then stress me out, which would then send the signals to my gut and I'd go into fight or flight, which then 
affects your gut and affects your digestion and then you you can become bloated or you can then it can trigger diarrhea or constipation or whatever your your symptoms are so I would get myself in this cycle and then that would then make me more stressed and more bloated and I'd find myself in this sort of vicious circle of life it became um and now and that's something now that I know okay I feel a bit stressed out let's do some things I know out of my toolkit that I know can help and hopefully prevent that yeah, absolutely. I mean, having that toolkit, I think, is very applicable to kind of any mental health. Mm. You know, you've just spoken about the vicious cycle that I'm sure that is extremely um, relatable for anyone that has any mental health issues mm. that once you worry about, I mean, for me, it's an insomnia. And then the effect that my insomnia has on my gut is insane. But mm. I think worrying about getting a bad night's sleep. So you then get a bad night's sleep because you've been worrying about getting a bad night's sleep. Um, Lottie, I also just wanted to ask you briefly, you kind of spoke about you kind of developed this fear of food and that is that something that I related to as well because when I was doing the FODMAP diet we've kind of been sold before that um when you're a woman and you're doing a diet it's for your physical appearance or to lose mm-hmm. weight rather than actually just like healing your body or listening to it and figuring out what is um actually causing you you know pain and discomfort what what was that experience like for you developing that that fear of food and and what was the cons- what were the consequences of that yeah, so I think, I mean, at the time, I always wonder what came first. It's a bit of a chicken and the egg um, scenario, I think, with sort of, I, I had an eating disorder and IBS, and obviously both of those make each other, well, they can make each other worse. Um, but I think the fact, especially the fact I didn't do it with a dietitian or anyone professional, which is why I just think it's so important if you can get access to this, whether it's through the NHS or privately, I just always think, please do go for it, because for me I was writing down everything that I was eating which was then became an obsession and I was used to doing that on that oh, what was it? my fitness pal was oh, oh my oh, god yeah my fitness pal yeah good old my fitness pal I mean is that still legal I don't know um, <laughs> god, yeah, no. um, but that it it was just an obsession just because I thought that it was only diet that had an impact I then became fearful. And again, it's it's the whole stress thing. I'd think, okay, well, a mushroom is high FODMAP. So if I accidentally had a mushroom or if I had one, I don't know, on purpose, whatever, I'd then think I've had a mushroom, I'm going to be bloated. And then again, we'd go into that cycle, the stress, whole stress response with then I'd be bloated. And was it the mushroom or was it the fact I was so fearful? And I basically for a long time ended up just eating plain food, sort of chicken or salmon and salad, veg, sort of rice and obviously then that's not a a diverse diet which is again bad for your gut so it was just sort of this really sort of unhealthy spell in terms of unhealthy in terms of relationship and in terms of having an unhealthy gut um and it it was hard to get out really hard even even this year I was actually much thinking of mushrooms that's something I've only just reintroduced this year and I've been fine with them um but it has taken a, a long time um to get there and I think also when, obviously today we're talking a lot about bloating, but I think when that is what is then happening to you, it's hard not to want to punish yourself because you have a physical representation of something that you think you've done to yourself that mm-hmm. is then causing you pain. So you're literally looking down and being like, look what I've done by eating this thing that I wasn't supposed to eat or, or getting myself worked up. And it, it's just sitting there in front of you it's just it it's hard to then to then not almost be mad at yourself and that can then create a really difficult relationship with food and I I think one of the most exciting things that you can do is to give yourself a pass 
and be like, eat it and see what happens. Like if that yeah. happen, it's not your fault. I'm not cross with you. Like it's that, <laughs> that like, relationship with yourself and your brain. Like it's all right, babe. That chicken looks really good. You may whatever. Just have yeah. it. Yeah. You get on. Like if the little baby pops up and whatever, then, <laughs> then we'll deal with that when it comes. And you mentioned those um, bodycon dresses early, earlier, Lottie. <laughs> and you know we're sat chatting about how I'm wearing this stupid jumpsuit that I can barely fit into anymore just because I still quite like it thinking about like bloating and fashion how much do you think women are fussed about being comfortable over looking good when did you start to think oh do you know what I should wear clothes that actually are applicable to how I feel if I get a bad bloat yeah, I mean, I think I, I do actually think that's maybe one thing that COVID has taught us being locked down. And oh, yeah. Being being at home, we've realised that actually comfort is number one. So I think maybe that's one one of the little positives to come out of COVID. But I do think still, um, definitely, I, I still receive messages from women all the time saying, oh, my gosh, I never thought about how I could dress comfortably into sort of clothes that fit my body not making my body fit the clothes and I I do definitely there's still so much pressure I mean thank god there's more comfy options like midi skirts and elasticated waistbands that are fashionable but yeah when you I mean I I remember um those it was it Joni jeans from Topshop um they were the high waist jeans so tight oh my gosh there wasn't even like a centimeter of room I some people find them comfy so they might have changed there's no disrespect to Topshop's Joni jeans but for me oh my gosh they they were awful and I just think now there's so many different fashions than there were like I don't know I just feel like there's much more options maybe that's just because I'm on social media and following people of all with all different sort of styles but I think that it's becoming less and less and people are becoming more conscious of um feeling using clothes to get their bodies feeling good rather than having to look one way yeah I also think so many of women's clothes are not made to be practical like mm. how many people pockets. go across yeah oh my god when you find a dress with pockets it's the best thing in the world I think people are definitely the women that I speak to are becoming more conscious of that and wouldn't buy something if it didn't make them feel good physically as well as sort of mentally and Lottie what is it that that you like to wear what items of clothing really really suit bloating or are excellent or you know what shops in particular do you think cater for this really well so I am a massive fan of ASOS um I'm quite obsessed with ASOS I just think they've got so many so elasticated waistbands is my thing if it's got a zip I don't want to know like if I it's sometimes they trick you as well in the photos and you think oh that looks lovely and elasticated you get it if there's a zip I don't even usually try it on like um send it back (laughs) and it's not worth my time so I love sort of smock dresses um midi dresses um midi skirts but my favorite is when like they've got the flat front do you know what I mean so it doesn't it's not elasticated from the front it's got the flat front and then the elasticated back back? yes that is my favorite um and I mean I'm living in sort of hood like sweatshirts and leggings at the moment but usually if I go out it would always be a midi midi dress or a midi skirt and a jumper that is my fave so that's got room you don't you're not worrying about oh gosh what if I do have a flare-up or what if I I do have something to eat and it makes my stomach sort of balloon a bit I know that it's going to be fine and and you know let's face it looking at your Instagram all the outfits are gorgeous they're all beautiful you wouldn't for one minute think I think a lot of the time people associate like an elasticated waistband with you know like an old person Mm -hmm. but actually I think 
they just are just different from what we're used to this you know as you're talking about high-waisted jeans with a zip and one button you know that may pop if you breathe out for a second <laughs> you know they they look fantastic there is no reason that we shouldn't all just be wearing what makes us comfortable because they also look great as well yeah I mean and I think it's important like it's not when I think about my bloated wardrobe it's not to hide your bloat it's just what makes you feel comfortable so if you've got a body con dress that is stretchy and you feel great in then who who cares if your if your tummy is sticking out it's that that's your stomach who cares it's it's wonderful so it's not it's not about that it's and sometimes I do think oh actually I've got a bit of a pot belly that but that's cool as long as I'm comfortable and as long as I feel confident myself then where where what you want and you got married is it last year yes yeah how did you go about choosing your wedding dress did this kind of play in your mind this idea of being comfortable on your wedding how did you go about doing that planning a wedding is quite stressful and exciting and obviously those things can can make us bloated and even thinking it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy early day and there's gonna be so much going on so I knew I wanted to feel comfortable and even on the day of my dress um the first actually it was the first dress I tried on but I did feel a little bit bloated probably just because I was so excited and a bit nervous um so when I tried that one on I just thought this is amazing there was no boning there was Mm. there was it wasn't tight I did try on a few more structured dresses and they were beautiful but they they didn't feel like me either so it wasn't just the fact that oh what if I blow it was they they didn't feel like me I'm so used to loving sort of floaty sort of girly outfits and I felt like a little a fairy um so that was definitely in my mind and do you know what I was actually a bit bloated on the wedding day sort of in the afternoon and it didn't it didn't matter I was comfortable I, was, I just think so many people I mean I know girls that have like been bleeding from the boning on their wedding dress and I just think oh my gosh so I, I didn't have any of that. I mean, I was on a fairground. I was dancing. I was running about. I put my flip flops on after about an hour. So com- <laughs> comfort for me was number one. But also, I fell in love with that dress, and it was it was perfect for me. And you should be able to do both. Like there is no reason yeah. why you can't do both. And why shouldn't you be able to feel free and enjoy your wedding day? Like I think so many people have loved this idea of you know having flip flops at weddings. And everybody's do, putting it now, isn't it? But it's also just like, yes, because women want to dance without yeah. bleeding. Or like, even um, just walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just yeah, walk. ideally. And I think <laughs> even as well as the bloating side, I think there's so much pressure for women to look a certain or look their absolute smallest mm. when they're on their wedding day. And I just see, I mean, I remember joining um, bride Facebook groups and women there like saying okay I'm on Slimming World I've got I've still got like a stone to lose in three days I just think that pressure that you put I mean there's so much I can say about diet culture and stuff but the pressure that you're putting on yourself you're supposed to be excited about this this day that is the start of an amazing new new sort of future and family for you and I think to then think that you have to be dieting and I mean for me we were like up making DIY stuff till like stupid o'clock drinking drinking wine and having to just sort of eat what eat what we could and I think it just sort of breaks my heart thinking that people that women are still feeling like they have to look a certain way on their wedding day rather than looking like you the person that your partner is choosing to marry because they love you not because of they want you to look different. I think it's such an exciting time that so many people are talking about it, but also doing it in in really exciting ways that they're showing how amazing you still can look whilst being comfy, whilst feeling you and mm-hmm. not feeling like you have to um, kind of give up any aspects of yourself or your personality 
in order yeah. to do that you can just be who you want to be I think that's yeah it. I think fashion is all about expressing your personality not trying to conform to what is maybe on top I don't know top wish list of top shop choose there's so many options now and I don't think we have to settle for things that don't that don't suit us our personality or our bodies and do you yeah. have any life hacks when when you're out I know that I went a bit mad when I saw you did one on Instagram about how to was it using a hairband on your oh jeep? yeah it was I was like oh my god my life is fixed because there's been multiple times where I've been out and had a really bad bloat and been wearing jeans and I can't do them up and so I, I yeah. was walking around like, well, th- this is these are my pants and this is my tummy. Yeah. Like, do you have any have any um, tips and tricks for being caught out? I guess in clothes that are not bloat friendly. I mean, that hairband trick is definitely a good trick. So you put it, you sort of tie it around the button and then loop it through the buttonhole and then back in. And that gives you, get a super stretchy hairband. So I always used to wear one on my wrist. And that gives you then a good couple of inches of room. But I think now, I, I mean... I don't even need to have a hack because I just try and think, okay, if even if I was having my worst flare up, would I still feel comfortable in this? And if it's a no, I'm I'm probably not going to buy it because I'm not going to get much wear out of it. I think there's nothing worse. I, I remember I used to sort of end up in a pile of clothes sitting on the floor, sort of crying and thinking, oh my God, I look gross and I'm so bloated and nothing fits and everything hurts. Um, and I think if you open your wardrobe and see something like that, maybe it's time to depop charity give it to a friend whatever and swap it for something that you can open up and think okay yeah no that I know I love that I'm gonna wear that so that's sort of my main hack just think about that when you're buying things um and then you'll be all right I have a question for you Lottie because we've spoken to um a few people with IBD mm-hmm. uh, who have who put hot water bottles on their stomach when they get cramping mm-hmm. Claudia puts on ice packs or things that have been in the fridge or freezer Uh, and we can't work out whether or not this is like cold for IBS warm for IBD Lottie thoughts what are your stance on this you know what I use both I don't use actually use an ice pack I feel like that's a bit like very cold and very uncomfortable no judging but (laughs) But you know what there's these patches called BU patches have you heard of those no oh my god they're amazing I've actually got one behind me but I think I'd rip everything out of the mic out but I'll show you later but they're these they're called so the company's called BU period um and they're these cooling patches and they're amazing they basically look like a giant plaster um and they're sort of memphful um and you can just stick them on your tummy so you can walk around sort of even at work I mean they do smell like you've got like pseudo was it pseudo cream or yeah fed you know what I mean so like people will but I love the smell and they're cooling and they last I think it's for like 12 hours I had them just after my laparoscopy they are lifesavers and also because you shouldn't use a hot water bottle for too long because you can get that um I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically where you get the heat sensitive, almost sort of rash that can scar. Um, so you do have to be quite careful. I mean, I do use it for probably too long, but this, these are these are brilliant. Um, so definitely look into those if you like uh, calling, Claudia. They're amazing. I mean, that sounds like the best. I actually feel a little bit emotional. That yeah, they, they actually support our um, ladies Facebook group and give sort of a discount to, to them. And so many ladies find them so helpful. And it's just great because I know a lot of us are working from home now. But if you're not, I, I know you guys don't. You have to be out and about. So it's so good to pop on and just carry on your day. And you mentioned your laparoscopy. What, so this was last year that you had this. What, what was this surgery? Yeah. What did it involve? I had it last November and about 
was probably a good almost year before I started experiencing different symptoms that just didn't feel like IBS although they were similar so it was bloating but a lot more regularly that I couldn't link to anything that I was doing um, that could have triggered it Um, and a lot more painful um, sort of with IBS I find it's almost sore as if there's a for me like something stuck in my stomach that's just stretching my skin and sore all over whereas this was on my right hand side really sharp and almost a bit period pain sort of thing and it was constant and then I also experienced a lot of bleeding so I was bleeding I'd say about 70% of the time mostly spotting so I was having to get all of of my levels and checks done Um, and again this was trips to the doctors loads of them saying no it's just stress that's fine I was like but come on I'm literally like bleeding everywhere like okay it wasn't it wasn't heavy but all the time so um I finally got referred to a specialist um it's sort of maybe sort of October time who said actually I think it's it sounds like it could be endometriosis um and the sort of symptoms of IBS and endometriosis are fairly similar so a lot of people either get misdiagnosed or they have both and one of the diagnosis gets missed so I went in for a laparoscopy I was very lucky I was with the NHS but they referred me to a private hospital that got me in really quickly because of how long it'd been going on for and how I mean I was in A&E and I'm 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 a pro at dealing with stomach aches like it's Mm. second nature for me but I was in A&E screaming as if I was in labour um it was it was hideous and poor Ross didn't know what to do with me and so they um put me in for laparoscopy and it's basically a keyhole surgery so it is it is fairly minimally invasive I've got like three small little scars that you couldn't really see um and they put um sort of a camera so like a telescope of a camera there and have a look what's going on and they can check things like endometriosis and they can check for adhesions and it turned out that I had a large amount of adhesions attaching my bowel to my womb um which was so he showed the picture it is literally gross maybe you can set that as a podcast cover or something (laughs) we need a new logo yeah (laughs) there we go that's one's for free um (laughs) and (laughs) but he said like he said we removed a really large amount and that would have been causing you probably a great deal of pain and after that I mean once I'd recovered I I was fine and of course I still get the odd IBS flare up but the the pain of that and the bleeding and everything stopped um and it was it was amazing but it just shows that how many doctors said no it's just your IBS or it's just stress and then that that turned up I see so many women that say actually I've gone to the doctors with these pains and they say well lose some weight and their actual symptoms aren't taken seriously and they're not even looked at until I mean there was someone that told me on Instagram the other day she walked in the reception and said you need to go on Slimming World that's what that is actually what she was told like how disgusting so people were um they're just missing out on they're not able do they not have the right to understand Mm. do we not have the right to understand what's going on in our bodies regardless of our weight it's just disgusting so I do know that I'm in such a privileged situation so for me that took eight years for diagnosis and also another year for that but that is often a best case scenario Mm. and some people go their lives without being diagnosed you set up your own business you've got this tell us about this yeah so basically with the tummy diaries I've been doing that for for three years now and I started to see quite earlier on early on that when I was sharing my story people started to comment on on my photos and sharing their story and then you'd get other people comment on their say actually I experienced the same and it almost be this sort of thread of people finding someone that they related to and sort of opening up that conversation and 
I was like, wow, there isn't, not that I knew of, there was nowhere that we could really talk about that quite openly. Um, so Tummy Diaries is more about me. And as much as I try and get other people involved and share other amazing accounts and people's stories, it is my personal blog. So I wanted to create something that was more about the community and bringing, bringing people together. Um, so I started You've Got This um, and it was around the same time as I was starting to create the tummy, what is now my tummy diary. Um, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and I'm just going to try and create like a sort of lighthearted community where we just sort of raise awareness of the importance of understanding our bodies and also just knowing we're not alone because that's the thing that I hear the most and that was one of the hardest things for me that when I first was experiencing these issues that I felt alone and I couldn't talk to anyone I was embarrassed I didn't know anybody else that had it um so yeah I set up the Instagram account first and then I created a Facebook group um and we now have I think about two and a half thousand members in our Facebook group where we talk about everything from being bloated to poo to and we share lots of puppy pictures um but it's so lovely it's like a group of cheerleaders and it's the whole thing is it's not there for professional advice um but it's there just to share our stories and just to support each other and now it's become something I've got loads of ideas that basically I I would eventually love it to be the go-to place when someone is diagnosed or struggling they go to this and there'll be resources from the experts and I work I've got a really good network that I'm very lucky to work with of dietitians nutritional therapists that I want sort of them to lead more and sort of it just be a place to sort of go to and feel a bit more positive because having IBS or any gut health issues and it is it is for anyone with gut health issues chronic illness or just I don't know even experiences bloating just to go there and just feel a bit better yeah I mean, oh, gosh, Claudia why are we not part of this I know I'm literally like <laughs> can we just pause this <laughs> and then so then you created my tummy diary and what what does that do for ladies so that is basically a place so where I talked about how journaling helped me so much before but there was only really food diaries available and it took me a long time I could say to realize that it's not just diet um that is this it's not 100% down to diet so my tummy diary is designed for people to track um everything including uh, what they eat but also their water their periods and their cycle their stress levels um how much they're moving a day um there's sections there that they complete on just how do I feel mentally and how do I feel physically and just start to see connections so if you've got a diagnosis it's great or if you're working with a dietitian and um or an expert, they can then help you spot those patterns um, and just sort of get that obsession away from one thing because it's not just we can be obsessed with exercise. There's loads of things. But if we're looking at the bigger picture, we can start to sort of see patterns that we maybe didn't spot. And there's other things in there like um, sort of mindfulness um, tips and things that you can do to build a positive morning routine. There's letters to your younger self um bits on there's even a little bit where you can build your own my bloated wardrobe and go through your wardrobe and think about which pieces make you happy and feel good and which pieces actually may maybe get rid of I literally I feel very grateful I know that's cheesy but every time someone buys one I'm like that's incredible and every time someone the reviews on there are so kind people just saying I feel so much better about my body and so much kinder towards their bodies rather than like you said Claudia about how we can just blame ourselves and think oh you're bloated it's your fault because you did something wrong actually it's sometimes just our body's way of saying I don't like exactly how you treated me today and that could just be you've been sitting down working from home all day and you haven't moved for eight hours that's that's not with 
designed to be walking all the time. Yeah, the response has been really amazing. And just the, the group of people that are in that in that Facebook group is incredible. They're like my best friends. I know that sounds funny, but they're just they're amazing. No, definitely. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sound, you know, cheesy at all. I mean, it's just so nice when you can have something in common with somebody. And they, as you say, it's, it's not a place for medical advice, but sometimes you don't need that. You just want somebody to be like, oh my God, yeah, that shit. I, I too shit myself in a yes. today in the store room. You know, you just need <laughs> someone to, to, that camaraderie, you don't need answers because let's face it, there aren't really any. So yeah, I mean, I think, Claudia, we need to get ourselves one of these, um, I mean, yes. And Lottie has very uh, kindly agreed that we will be doing a uh, My Tummy Diary giveaway for one lucky winner on our Instagram this week. So look out for that, kids. And uh, Lottie, speaking of uh, social media, um, where can people follow you? Um, What hashtags are they looking for? What do the kids do these days? (laughs) (laughs) Are you on TikTok? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I've got maybe like two followers on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> oh my gosh um, I'm like a proper try hard on TikTok it's embarrassing so I'm, I need to just stop with that but you can find me on Instagram at the tummy diaries and also you've got this um you can find our support group you've got this on Facebook um and hashtag my bloated wardrobe is where loads of amazing women share their bloat friendly fashion finds um which you can also check out for some inspiration Lottie you're just fab I just feel very warm after this interview thank you so much (laughs) for coming on and that's not because you shit yourself no it's not because I shit myself (laughs) that's her I'm literally pointing up to the camera I haven't done that yet this week (laughs) good effort thank you lottie stop what you're doing let's talk about pooing so it's the time you've all been waiting for the infamous third tale extravaganza Okay, yes, we have had a story sent in, and it is a turd tale. I just want to say that I know who this person is. Um, I'm not going to say who they are, but I know who they are, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to look at them in the same way. I'm so excited. Okay, so they say, My nastiest turd tale concerns an incident when I was unwell with a gastroenteritis-type illness aged about 15, and shat my bed with a tsunami of liquid ordure whilst fitfully sleeping. This, of course, woke me up. I was too embarrassed to expect my mum, who was out, to sort it. So I gathered up sheet, duvet cover, duvet itself, etc. to put the washables in the washing machine and the duvet in a black bin bag for taking to the laundry. And I remade the bed, all whilst feeling fucking dog rough. (laughs) Naturally, I made a truly awful job of making the bed. I still can't do it and I'm 61. And then I trooped off to the loo for another shit fest. When I returned to my bed, the clean sheet and duvet were soaked in shit as it had leaked out of the mattress. I recall my parents threw away the duvet and the mattress. I had to shower when I got out of bed as I'd rolled in the liquid shit when waking up and I was covered in it from chest to knees. I looked as if I'd swum across a sewage plant. At no time in my life since have I produced the volume of liquid shit that I did that day. It's the constant phrase liquid shit. I just, I actually think that is repulsive. Like, I don't, that is... I'm sorry, but I don't actually think we needed that. I didn't need to hear it. 
Like, thanks for sending it <laughs> in, just, but come on. Should we just scrap this whole segment? Can we just stop it? <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Okay, I mean, do you know what? The, what I will take from that, though, as, as a 15-year-old... Okay, fine, actually, 15-year-olds are quite capable. But I can imagine a lot of 15-year-olds being like, Mum, yeah, Mum, yeah. Mum, fix this. Like, you know, you got up, yeah, fair put play. it in the bin bag, um, got it in the wash. Gastroenteritis is absolutely horrendous. Have you ever had it, Claudia? No, what is it? It's basically like a stomach, it's a stomach-type bug. I would say probably not dissimilar to, do you remember when the norovirus was going around? Yeah. I think it's not. I think that was maybe a form of it. It was just a particularly nasty one. I don't think I had norovirus, but there was, when I worked in a pub, there was this bug going around, but it's really hard to tell whether or not it was like food poisoning. We'd all have the staff food or if it was gastroenteritis, but I think it must have been that because we all went down with it. And I genuinely didn't eat more than like beans on toast for three weeks. It was absolutely, I vomited. I was coming back from drama school um, I had to leave early like, and it, I came on it comes on really really suddenly so I felt terrible Um, like within one minute I felt fine the next minute I was like just went up to my teacher and I was like I need to leave right now and I actually have to had to get off the tube um, to just like go and shit and vomit on the platform it was absolutely horrific I vomited all over Green Park and the person working there I think thought I was a drunk because they were like what have you been I drinking I was a drunk <laughs> they were like, which I am but I wasn't at the time and <laughs> they were like um, they were like what have you been drinking love and I was like no no I just I can't I need to get home it was oh it was absolutely it is funny how people would treat my uh, my friend had that she had really bad food poisoning on her way home from a restaurant and she but she was going home on a Saturday night and she was like you know visibly retching and just looked so unwell and she said she was sure that if that had been happening on like a thursday lunchtime or a morning somebody would have helped her yeah. but i think people thought that she was really drunk so nobody did anything like it just it, it just to show all, i mean also i have helped so many drunk people on the tube yeah even like, if they are just drunk sure they got off on, <laughs> made sure they get off on their stop or whatever like if somebody starts leaning on you and you're like, oh God, they need help. You don't just then go, get off and like peel them off you. Like, yeah, you try and help and make sure they wake up at their stop or that somebody's coming to collect them. Like, be a pal. Come yeah, on of now. Like, I've, I've obviously been absolutely hammered before and I've had people helping obviously. me. Like, you know, just because you've had too much to drink doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, get some help. But in this, in this case, I, 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 I'm, it's the wording, it's a phraseology I can't get over. Liquid or jewel, I just, is something I don't ever want to hear again. Oh, God. They're 61, though, so that means we've got, you know, an older demographic of listeners. Yeah, that's really good. That's a good I mean, I'm positive. sorry that you're never going to be able to look at them again. That's sad. But thank God, you know, thank God at least we all now don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's beautiful. Know, thanks for thanks sharing. Thanks so much for sharing. And if you've got any more, send them in. But not Please. nothing like that, though. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a more, some more kind of Disney version ones. Like, yes, it's fine to be bold and be funny, but we wouldn't say no to like a Sunday afternoon kind of Can we just get back to viewing? some bladenage or some fart fables? I've had enough. Yeah, just some, just some cute, cute poops. Yeah, cute poop, like Lottie was cute saying. Cute poops. Cute poops. Yeah, yeah, I bet she does cute poops. And, and speaking of Lottie, we must say a big thank you to our guest today, Lottie Drynan, who was fabulous um and you can find her on instagram on the tummy diaries she was just wonderful it's so nice for us like i'm sure it's nice for the listeners to listen to these people but we just keep making lots of new little friends and it's just it's just really nice because all these people are just so wonderful i know it's really nice but it's weird that we haven't actually met any of them 
because of fucking no, I coronavirus. Know. Just, I just want to fucking get this over with and then have a big party where we get all the guests on. That would be <gasps> all together in real life. Touching. So and then we could do like a Taskmaster style thing where we make them do stuff for us while we. Oh love my them. god, I've just got into Taskmaster. I've never watched it before. So have I. How good was Daisy May Cooper? She's fantastic. I love her in every every aspect of my being. Oh She's god. Amazing. Have you. So is it the later season you've just started with? Well, so we started and then I'm on half term and my boyfriend's taking the week off with me and obviously we can't do. To watch Taskmaster. So we have literally gone back to the beginning. I think we must have watched 40 episodes of Taskmaster in the last four days. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'm going to do that this afternoon. It's been brilliant. My sister, for her Hendu this year, which we actually magically got to do just before lockdown, um, she requested from me that what she wanted for her Hendu was Taskmaster. Oh. Now, I didn't, I couldn't fully do that because obviously so much of it is watching other people back and there was like 20 of us, it was too hard. But what I did do was a, I made a scavenger hunt oh, no. all around Barry Island. That's where we took her for a hen do. Barry Island. Oh. And I organised... Oh! I organised a scavenger hunt. I split everybody up into teams and everybody had to wear masks of her fiancé's face. Everybody had a 30-quid kitty and lots of different things that you had to complete on the island in two hours. It was one of the funnest things that's ever happened. And then we get to we get to this pub that is the final bit of the scavenger hunt. And everybody's there wearing my brother-in-law, Greg, his face. And everybody's there wearing Greg's face. And you walk in and somebody goes, oh, look, it's Greg. And they'd obviously seen so many of these Gregs around the island. Oh, that is so and, and we're ordering this drink from my sister. And they're like, oh, so you getting married? And she said, yeah. And they went, oh, so you're pregnant? She went, no, no. And they went, oh, have you seen this girl? She's getting married and she's not pregnant. She's right, posh. It was <laughs> hilarious. Absolutely I, Barry oh, Island will forever be my favourite. Claudia, can you please, when we're allowed to all meet up again, can you please order um, arrange a scavenger hunt for us and friends? Yeah. Is that okay? Not for a Hindu, just for fun. It took me probably about five hours. I made a map. Wow. And you had to do complete different things around the island. It is one of my proudest achievements. Oh, I'll happily do it again. I'll do, do it again. Amazing. I'll do one for the listeners. You have to <laughs> come through. to London. This is going to be like Legoland where you have to sift through for gold, but you just have to sift through shit for a Brillo pad. Ah, um, for a Brillo pad. Uh, so, yes, thank you so much to everyone who's fed back some really kind things thank you also to the people who have asked questions this week like what is this garbage haha ha, so not one. funny thank you ryan the damned or james the damned whatever your name it was is. i think yeah james the damned thank um, you um somebody o'shea you've kind of been getting on our ass a bit and you know if you don't like it again please do leave us offensive comments it's, that, that's good as well please do share review rate and subscribe to the podcast it makes such a difference and we do really really appreciate it and if you would like to email in either to tell bladnar fart fable please email the podcast official at gmail.com or find us on instagram and twitter at the underscore podcast and claudia we have a website we do have a website it's at the podcast.com where you can find out who's coming up later in the series and read a bit more about our guests that we've had on or read some fantastic tales um so please do get in touch also i haven't ran this past evie but i'm going to see what happens we have a uh, an episode coming up that is all going to be uh, take two of the gender poo gap. If you have any stories of your live-in relationships or, you know, just general gender poo gaps that you see at work all the time in society, please email us in or we would even accept a voice note that we could even play on the podcast. 
um, of you and a loved one having a gender poo gap debate. We'll speak soon, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Stay Brillo pad. Yeah. <laughs>